All right, we're here in the crowd waiting for Valkyria Attack to begin. And with me is Mike Ina. Mike, are you pumped? Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm happy to be here. And also joining Mike, we have... I'm now the mysterious Venus. You got a fan. He's got young Chris Harper has a Mickey Mouse fan, whereas Mike forgot to bring in his Machina fan. I had a Machina fan and I forgot it. I'm completely hating myself you right now borrow, for doing that. You can borrow Best Girl. Oh, oh and she was kind of it. Wait, there's no Ishtar fans here. <laughs> oh, this is Adrian, by the way. But yeah, the Best Girl is not here. There's Ish- Ishtar is not here because it hasn't happened in order of the series yet. And that is the only reason why. As usual here on the Speaker Podcast, Adrian manages to work Ishtar into any conversation. And we're here waiting for Valkyrie Attack to begin. And uh, we'll be back again shortly, straight after this, with all our impressions. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Speaker Podcast, the only podcast that transcends space and time and Mike's sleep schedule good morning Mike <laughs> yes good morning it is just after 6am California time on this lovely Sunday morning what better to do on Sunday morning Mike than talk about some Valkyrie sure of course but, you know, well, as long as we uh, as long as we cover plenty of Maki now I'll, I'll be fine uh, I'm sure everyone will be flabbergasted to hear you say such a an odd thing, Mike. That's totally out of character for you. <laughs> and uh, also calling in today, we have... Chris from Michigan. And what time is it in your neck of the woods, Chris? It's uh, 9, which for me is the same as 6 a.m. for <laughs> Mike. All right. It's probably worse, actually. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure I can give you crap about that, but I won't. <laughs> and, um, and to my left, I have uh, Adrian, who's wide awake on a Sunday evening, Tokyo time. Well, going into Monday morning. Yeah, it's getting, uh, getting close to midnight-ish. But uh, this is just out of left field. Uh, Mike, I sent you those uh, Blu-rays. And I looked in mine. I think it's volume five. Volume five, um, or it could be six. I can't remember which one it is. They actually have concept designs of Makina. Oh my! Oh wow. my! Yeah, she was a couple of uh, cup sizes lower initially. Well, you know, so they've just, improved like, upon her. <laughs> exactly. You have to have you have to have a rough draft before you arrive at a masterpiece. Mm. Some interesting concept designs in the um, extra booklets on the Blu-rays, but that, oh. yeah, you're in for a treat. Nice. Excellent. I can't I can't wait to see that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is your host Gwyn Campbell, and we are here for this episode to finally have a second crack at sitting down and talking about. The first ever Wow Cure concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
which everyone here was fortunate enough to attend because the tickets were not easy to get. But no, they weren't. Um, I mean, Mike and Chris, you both came all the way to Japan for it, and I know we'd hoped to record immediately after the gig, but things just didn't work out. Um, I mean, I guess, look, starting with you, Chris, would you like to give us the, the backstory of how you managed to make it over to the concert? I got on a plane, um, very rough travel day. Um, but I had, it was multitasking. I had a friend going and, and then I also had a, another thing that I wanted to do. So I, was, I could rationalize coming over for a week. And, uh, so yeah, I, I flew had about a 30 hour travel day, arrived, hung out with you guys for a couple hours. And then we went to the concert, terribly sleep deprived. I remember that. <laughs> Good times. And Mike, so how many times has it been now that, like, what number trip was this that you'd made to Japan for, for Macross Delta? Oh, my, uh, I believe we figured it out. Uh, I think that was trip number 14. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, go to, uh, I go to Tokyo quite often, <laughs> obviously. That was, uh, is actually, so it's trip number 14 overall, and I believe that was trip number three of 2016 which is the most uh well ties the most times i've been to japan in one year um back in 2007 i went three times as well but uh it was uh it was pretty um it was pretty eventful i mean you know i I get a lot of crap because uh, uh i have a lot of friends that would just love to go to tokyo just once just to see it so i'm definitely very fortunate to uh and thank you, guys, for I wouldn't be able to go so often if I didn't have uh, a nice place to stay. <laughs> nice piece uh, of floor. So, exactly. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> but, uh... Um, but yeah, no, so it was, uh, for me, that w- it was, um, I, actually, for me, that was actually the shortest trip I've ever taken because I literally went for the concert and that was it. Um, I had uh, I had a three day weekend that weekend. So all I did was take a two days before off and then a day after off. So like I took three days off, basically left on a Wednesday, um, and then. As everybody knows, if you leave from the States and you go to Tokyo, you lose a day. So yeah. I left on a Wednesday. I got there Thursday night. Then Thursday night is basically shot. It was there Friday, adjusted. Saturday was a concert. Uh, Sunday was uh, like a free day just to kind of relax. And then I went home on Monday. And it's funny because the concert coincided with episode... 21 is it 21 or 22 but anyway it was the episode it was awesome because well awesome and not awesome but i mean just the the highs and lows like a roller coaster because that you know saturday was the concert and i was like on a high for like the whole day and night and then the next night we all got together to watch watch shut up best episode chris (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that what good. and then it was just like it was the low it was like the the, the ultimate high of seeing Valkyrie live and then the low of seeing best girl just get shot 
And then we had to wait a whole week to find out because, you know, we were watching it in real time. Now, obviously, everything's honky-dory, but there was that fear that that was it. It was curtains for her. And and so it was kind of unsettling. But, uh, you know, as as with Macross, it gives it gives and it takes. Well, uh, it, it, it's just like you had this trip and it was just like, concert episode, bang, back on the plane. Get your ass home. <laughs> yes, bang, bang, literally, yes. <laughs> concert episode, <laughs> bang. Um, like, so, it's like... Like bon, bon Jovi, man, shot through the heart. <laughs> shot through the height, my, heart, Mike, and you're to blame. Now get on the uh, plane. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, so this gig was on September 10th. To, to give some context, and it was at Zep Diver City, Tokyo. I think we've mentioned the uh, chain of Zep live houses before on the cast for other events and concerts Zep Diver Tokyo is not the Zep uh, I normally go to for concerts it's quite small and I was pretty surprised when they announced they were doing the gig there because it holds like two and a half thousand people tops yeah. uh, and this was a gig happening during the Delta broadcast uh, the CDs were selling very well and like to have it at a venue with such you know, relatively low um, ceiling on how many people could get in uh, seemed a little odd to me. You know, I'll admit. And those tickets were rough to get. I mean, Chris, you ended up getting yours on auction, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's should... not discuss what I paid. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> did you want to reveal that or keep it quiet? <laughs> it may come up later in the cast, but I doubt it. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's just say I was able to rationalize it because I was on vacation. <laughs> gotcha. And before we go into the details here, uh, so Chris, it was, it was your first like concert in Japan, and am I correct? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's my second trip to Japan, but my first concert for sure. Okay, and Mike. Uh, so I was just my first time seeing a Japanese act mm-hmm. in a concert. I'd seen um, I saw my shoot what. Six years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I saw, or no, long, longer than that, 10 years ago, yeah, I saw Yellow Card in concert in Shibuya, but, <laughs> but yeah, this like was like 11 a, years ago. It was 2006. It was? Uh-huh. It's like 10 years ago. Yeah, first. Wow. Yeah, 10 years ago. It was the very first, my very first trip, um, that was a, yeah, so I saw Yellow Card. Uh, but that was the this is the first Japanese act in concert that I've been to. Um, where and obviously, I mean, it's exclusively in Japanese. So mm-hmm. uh, there's there was like maybe a, what like one percent English. Like <laughs> I heard I heard a couple of English words here and there, but it definitely well, put my Japanese, yeah. Yeah, definitely put my Japanese to the test, that's for sure. And uh, as always, Gwen, thank you for translating. That's it's not a problem. I mean, I didn't need to translate much because every time, um, you know, Nozomi Nishida was on stage, like, you were just transfixed. Like, you could Exactly, yeah. I, I lost all, all concept of time and space. And so, it's basically just, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, like, who did we have here? I mean, so basically we had Well Curious. So 
to bring the listeners up to speed if they are not up on their names. Uh, we had Freya, Minori Suzuki, uh, Mikumo, singing Mikumo, uh, Junna, Kaname, Kiono Yasuno, Makina, Nozomi Nishida, and Reina Naotoyama. Now, who is best girl uh, of the actual singing cast? <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. And and now just uh, announced a solo album. She's uh, the only girl from the group who's uh, announced a solo album. And I, although I think that's more that because you know, she's an existing voice actress, and this is giving her a little bit of a, a foot in the door for doing some singing. Uh, so you know, like in the '90s, popular voice actresses often did just fall on singing albums as well. And uh, well, they do now as well. But this is just seems to be her foot to to pop an album out the an album out there because it's not what she normally does. Um, but yeah, so the reason I was asking if it was your guys' uh, first concert, and Adrian, I didn't ask you because I know we've been to many a concert. Uh, I've been to many Japanese a concert, many British rock a concert, you name it, I've been there. I've seen bands I don't even want to see in concert. Um, <laughs> so the, the reason I was asking is because this was a smaller venue, but the ironic thing was, uh, in many ways, it was uh, typical of an idol concert. Of a, of a relatively minor idol concert, um, and this was a good and a bad thing. It was good because it was in character. Uh, it was a small live house, and to my surprise, it was all pre-recorded music. And I'm going to put this out there first now, guys. Just get it out there because it was by far the biggest disappointment for me in the night. Overall, the concert was was good, but uh, I was really looking forward to hearing these songs performed live, and they weren't. It was all pre-recorded backing and the girls singing. On stage now. That's not to say there wasn't more presentation. There were lights and lasers and dancing and dances, as we'll get into later. But uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and trash bags, exactly. Trash exactly. Bag. Uh, oh, man. But you know, for for a small scale idol performance, pre-recorded backing is pretty much the norm. However, for a Macross performance, you know, we've become probably spoiled over the years because most artists, and of course, the bigger crossover gigs and whatnot are all live arrangements of these songs. Now, going by that, I'll probably I'll probably let you guys handle a conversation, but I'll probably interject with comparing it to other shows Okay. throughout this podcast, because when we get to the bags and the background dancers, mm-hmm. you know, I'll yeah. probably have a lot to say. Okay. <laughs> Taking out the trash. Uh, so, yeah, to, to give a few quick impressions and um then we'll go into the track list uh, the set list but there was, the lack of the live band was was kind of a downer but uh it was their first concert and i've got to admit i thought the girls did pretty well overall it was obvious you know we need to keep in mind that uh of the five of them only two are singers uh and you know jun has had a few years experience uh minori has only you know has only had less than a year at this at the point the concert was on of, of experience and less experience still of performing on stage and uh, now Gwen yeah was wasn't it actually their third concert because they did one in Osaka then one somewhere Nagoya. else right was it right. in Nagoya. Nagoya was Nagoya before so, I mean technically first, I think yeah. they went uh, it was before those were before okay those were before yeah oh wait wait, wait. I think so, and it was Osaka. I think was the first, first concert one. because yeah. Howard. It was Howard went. Nagoya. Yeah, Howard went first, and then um, and then it was Nagoya, and we actually saw the fourth concert 
because there was uh, there was two on the day that we went. Yeah. Well, the um, all right. Let me rephrase it. Then. It was their their first tour. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> but yes, you you did get me there. I, I remember seeing pictures from the Osaka one and thinking it looked even smaller scale and uh, and and rougher around the edges. But like it was obvious they were still getting used to being able to you know perform on stage together because the other three girls are all voice actresses. They're not used to running around dancing and singing at the same time. You know the coordination that that requires is. Is something I dare say they rehearsed very hard at beforehand. Um, so to me, the songs are pretty much, you know, CD perfect with a few extra bits, which we'll get to. But uh, first of all, uh, hey Gwen, yeah, Gwen. So b- before you before we like do like the deep dive in the concert, uh, do you want to mention that? I, I mean, it kind of ties in because. Uh, you, Adrian, and I, we went to, um, uh, was it uh, Sunshine? And we saw them the day before at that uh, meet and greet gig at the uh, mall. Yeah, and uh, I was going to tie that in later, but if you want to throw it in now, we can. Uh, there was a, yeah, it was basically a small talk show um, at a shopping center the um, day before. It was... It wasn't a handshake. Was it handshaking or wasn't a high? F- or was it the high fiving again? No, it wasn't doing the Wakure and walking past. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. You had to do the Wakure symbol and walk past. Them. You did it, and Renato did it. Um, and we got in line. Like this thing was held in the early afternoon, so every single person there was skipping work or school, one or the other. It's funny because I ran into a, a you know a couple of local Macross fans I know, and I, I said to one of them like. At you, this point in the show, we should just say, we ran into the same ones we always yeah, talk about. Yeah, exactly. And I said to him, hey, <laughs> good job on skipping work. And he's like, yeah, like you can talk. <laughs> yeah. um, but this was, I think, the first time at, at this pre-concert event I noticed... Um, well, I, it's not true. I noticed when they performed down Kawasaki as well at that small... When it was Juna and, um, and Minori Suzuki. But the amount of people who weren't from the Macross fandom the amount of people who I'm presuming were Idol fans or new to Delta, but probably mostly mm-hmm. Idol fans or the voice actress fans. They make up a big percentage and being able to see their favorite voice actresses and, and you know, see them up close in person, you know, that's a big draw for them. But we got into this line and I ended up being right up close to the front and then they, they gave their talk and then we got to go around and you had to walk past all the girls doing a wow curious symbol and then you got a free postcard with some art on it. Uh, the second album jacket, I think it was, on the art. Um, and that was cool. But uh, we were in the front row, so when they were setting up, we're just sitting there just staring at the girls, and they're just staring back, and hey, hey, yep. Yeah. For like about three or four minutes, just waiting for them to finish setting up. It was really awkward. Uh, but the point of all this, Mike, and how it ties into the concert, really, because they didn't sing a single song, which they'd said they weren't singing, but I was still disappointed. I was hoping, because this was just uh, like an indoor, uh, small stage in a shopping mall you know? yeah and they usually have idol events and they sing usually right yeah and it, it was kind of well okay so that i I'm, I'm glad we brought this up because uh now it's jogging my memory because i was i remembered i wanted to talk about this uh right after it hair? happened is this the hair? they didn't sing they didn't with <laughs> that too <laughs> that too i was getting to that but no no the, um speaking of singing though <laughs> they did though um they did as they were doing the talk show and the interview part they did do a really cool 
Harmony. And um, it was, I believe, if I can remember correctly, it was the harmony that they that they do in um, Hametsu no Junjo, which uh, uh, the uh, is, which is for those at home. That's the second opening, I believe. Am I correct, Quinn? Hametsu no Junjo the, uh, is uh, the second ending. Ending. Sorry. Uh, oh, we know then. Uh, Novatic, right? You're yeah. Yeah. Novatic? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely zero. So yeah, sorry. Um, that's it. The uh, the second the opening. It was the the harmony that they do at the beginning when all the jets take off. Uh, they do that that ha you know song um, sound. But they actually did that for the crowd live, no instruments. And so like for you know I, I'm sure I know sometimes people wonder at home because uh, you know especially with the age of like. Uh, the Vocaloid and stuff like that, you, you know, there's, I'm sure people wonder how much engineering magic that goes into like these albums, but the talent is there and it's legit and it's real so because that was no instruments, nothing straight acapella. And they did a five part harmonization, which is really, really cool. This was also the debut of the infamous Minori soccer mom haircut. Yeah. yeah, talk about a uh, Samson effect uh, in a way. If, <laughs> if we go back to the to the Kawasaki, mm. um, their first live when it was just Juna and um, Minori, um, I had noticed, and I think I said it before, that you can tell that um, at the time, Juna was kind of the fish out of the water mm-hmm. on stage. Um she could sing, but she really didn't seem to have any of the dealing with the crowd under her belt yet. She was just kind of there. Stage, pre- stage yeah. presence. Like she had it when she sang, but when she wasn't singing, it was, she would just like point at, you know, Minori like, Oh yeah. Praise her. Praise her. Uh, opposed mm. to, you know, looking at the crowd waving or whatever they have to do. Mm. And Minori was great that day. Hmm. And then at this, um, in the, um, it's not really in store, but in the mall, apparently, she, didn't she come out and actually say that she cut her haircut and she wasn't really happy with it? Yeah, she came out and the haircut was too short and it gave her a bit of a, well, her head looked like an apple. Basically. It looked like a helmet or something. So how bad it was for those at home. Because uh, so the the mall that we were at was like a, a four or five story mall, um, and so uh, Adrian and I we were on the third level, Which looking was the down sixth floor. It was the third level, but the, yeah, uh, the first level was actually not even the first level. It was like yeah, yeah. So we were up like five or six floors up. Yeah. So but but well, so we're looking down on them. So it's like a bird's eye view, basically. But the, how the, how bad the haircut was, I confused. I thought for like the first three minutes until Adrian corrected me, I thought Nozomi Nishida was Minori Suzuki. So basically, because of the hair, I didn't, I couldn't recognize her. Now, granted, we were like in a bird's eye view, but Adrian goes, "No, that's Minori," and we were just like, "Oh my god." It was. I mean, it was. It was bad. I think the perfect <laughs> yeah, I had to do a double take too. 
the best way to visualize it is if you've seen Kill a Kill, she basically has, was it? Um, the fringe of the bad girls? No, not hers. Um, the girl, Makoto. Oh, uh, the Genki girl. The Genki little girl with the, the kind of bull haircut. Ma- Mako. Mako. Like, she's Mako. got like Mako's hair cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what about it right. It, it just totally reminded me of that. And I was just like, it looks cute on like that kind of a girl, but no. It's yeah. not working. And she wasn't happy about it. She said, oh, they've cut it too short. And the girls were all reassuring her, you know. But she definitely sounded, uh, looked a little down. And how this ties into the concert is, I swear, for the first couple of songs, she still seemed out of sorts the next day at the concert. Uh, I yes. Think it was more and the first couple of songs. Yeah, she was yep. down. Uh, yeah. She, yeah, she, exactly. There was the, the time the, she looked like she didn't want to be there. Yeah, it was just like what Adrian said about um, Juna at the live in Kawasaki. Like, it was almost like, uh, I didn't see that one, obviously, but like, that's the same kind of way that Minori was at the concert. It was like, when she was on, she was on because she's professional and she was great. But like, when she wasn't singing um, throughout the night, uh, you know, and because, uh, like, you know, I'm a musician and I've been on stage before, like, I just like little things that you notice. She's counting out beats, like, um, and the way I could tell is because she was moving her lips uh, and singing other lyrics that weren't hers so she could stay on time and this and that. And I'm sure it comes because, you know, we all know her story by now. So I'm sure it comes with being this is all new to her, you know, so she's a she's a kind of green when it comes to like, you know performing live and stuff like that but definitely when she wasn't on like when the spotlight wasn't on her and when she wasn't singing um like conversely uh um now uh toyama and um nozomi so reina and makina they would both interact with the crowd they would wave at people and they were very ganky and they'd smile this and that and her it's like if she wasn't on it was like she you could see she was in her head she was counting and stuff like that. And it wasn't until the very, very end of the night that she basically kind of got into it and started to relax. And I noticed I was just like, oh, wow, she's finally like relaxed. And then the concert was over. <laughs> uh, so it was definitely it, it was interesting to see. And it was it didn't make it bad or anything like that. It just made it very like, a you know, interesting to see that, you know, these, these professionals go through this kind of stuff. And I think and of course, Juno was doing pretty good terms of stage presence and interaction she definitely improved right. oh yeah yeah i think the interesting thing with with minori suzuki is just it it was more interesting for us because we had the context of the previous day hmm. and so it made sense because otherwise you're like is she trying to be in character in a in an anti energetic way like what is this but we knew the story and Look, performing in Tokyo is kind of a big thing, and she's not from Tokyo, so I dare say, you know, this being her first big performance in Tokyo, and for her to have a a head that looked like the Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters, it just, um, <laughs> you know, probably was weighing down on her a bit. But look, um, Chris, you mentioned Juna, so what about that Juna, hey? Um, this was the yeah. first time you guys had heard her live, right? Because we've heard, Adrian and I heard her at like a, oh no, Mike, did you get her at your previous screening? No, that was uh, you guys. That no, was Renato no. and Egan, I think. Okay, because yeah, I, I mean, I've heard her sing maybe yeah, like, well, once a preview screen and once a Kawasaki, you know, a couple of songs, but but 
because I know we've given our impressions about that before, Adrian. So I'm going to throw it over to, to Mike and Chris. I mean, what were your guys' general impression about finally hearing Juna live? Because you know, when Delta first premiered, everyone was about Juna. Now I think it's more balanced and there's more of an appreciation of Wild Cure as a whole. But for that period of the first few months, everyone was just talking about Ikenai Borderline and Juna this and Juna that. How was it? Well, I mean, when I watch her, I'm like, this girl's going to be a big star eventually. You know, um, it's kind of cool seeing that really early. It just seems obvious that, you know, she'll break free from this and should be pretty big. I don't know the industry in Japan so well, but um, certainly by the sta- you know standards I know in the U.S., I would think she should be more than fine. Um, uh, well, it's funny as I, you know, I could just never picture her, that voice coming out of that body, you know, and I'm just like, I was always like kind of not half and half, but just had this inkling like, are they put putting one over on us and <laughs> like Millie vanillaing it with her? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like, how could a 15-year-old actually, you know, when they record uh, Ikenai Borderline, 14-year-old sing like that? And so at least I was able to confirm it at the concert that it is her. <laughs> but until then, I wasn't 100% positive. I was definitely impressed. I know that you're... In- yeah. Um- Mike. Oh yeah, no. Go, go ahead, Gwen. Were you oh, gonna... No, just not many macro singers have really done that, except for maybe Maine, uh, as in broken out to a more general uh, singing career. Uh, Maine of Kiyama, yeah. I guess. You know, uh, of course, the the most recent news in the world of macro music is that everyone's favorite girl is back. Megumi Nakajima has uh, ended her hiatus and is returning to singing. Suspiciously, just before the 35th anniversary of Macross, so uh, I have some hopes as to what this will mean, but uh, hopefully she'll have a career as well. She can uh, join Maine and, and Fukuyama. Oh, come on. It's not so suspicious. She's going to be in an anime <laughs> ending song from the beginning of the year. True. So it was, it was m- money, maybe. All right. But sorry, Mike, give us your junior thoughts. Uh, yeah, um... So, just to touch on what you said earlier, um, we did have a, I did have a, a reference point to compare Minori to because back in March, um, when I had gone for the uh, the uh, episode one and two premiere in the movie theater, uh, we got a little mini live of uh, Minori. And so it was just her by herself, mm-hmm. and she sang two songs, and um, that was just her by herself. And so... You know, she'd already had the stage experience and stuff like that. And, uh, but she, and, you know, that, so I definitely think it was the, the, the haircut, uh, that definitely was probably getting into her head a little bit. But as far as, um, as Juna goes, yeah, like, uh, you know, like I was saying, based on also the, the, the mall, uh, appearance where, you know, they were all doing that acapella. So I knew that there was no kind of, you know, electronical uh, magic, you know, uh, going on with her voice. I mean, just hearing that, it's just that raw power uh, that comes from that, like, like her, it's so, 
strong. Like she really belts it out and it's crazy, but she has usually younger singers like that. They don't have, um, they'll have the power, but they don't have the, uh, I would say the vocal control to be able to like dial it down. And she, she does, which also makes it really, uh, you know, unique and interesting. And yeah, I agree with Chris. Like, you know, I definitely think she's destined for bigger things. Like, as far as a solo career goes, uh, it's always really interesting too when they talk. Like, um, I think it was either at the the mall or at the. Um, I don't. I know we'll get to it, but they had the little uh, little uh, talk show afterwards after the concert was over, where they're just kind of talking. But um, there was one point where she was talking about being in school. So I think I, I think I talked with you guys about that. Like, how like surreal is that? It's like you're you're sitting in class. Oh yeah, I'm sitting in class. Oh, by the way, I you know I'm the lead singer on a huge anime, and uh, I have a concert in Tokyo later. But I gotta do my math homework. You know, like it's just weird. Like, you know, I remember she talked about. Oh yeah, I was in school. You know, earlier. You know, earlier in the day or whatever. And then now she's there. And she's singing, which is just put put that into perspective. That you you know yeah, she's 15 year 15 years old. Like crazy. But yeah, like uh, I'm really, very impressed, um, very impressed by her talent and her vocal ability. So of course, Junie is part of you know the larger lineup, and let's go through the songs that we got here because Ikenai Borderline was not one of the first songs we got, uh, and it was basically the kind of order of songs you'd, you'd expect, the kind of set, set list you'd expect from a, a Wakure concert. We start off with Love, Halation, the War. Uh, went into uncertain cosmic mu- movement. Our battlefield without Freya for Love Halation the War. Good point. She wasn't in there. Yeah. Sorry. So let's do that again. Love Halation the War without Freya. Uncertain cosmic movement. Our battlefield. Neo Stream. Gelidic beginner. And Mike, what do we say about that song? That song. Thank you. Um, where was I? Onyanko. Uh, Onyanoko. Um, girl. Silent Hacker, uh, we had the Birthday Song, we had God Bless You, Axia, Giraffe Blues, some Windermere music, Ikenai Borderline, Wakure Attack, uh, Hametsu no Junjo, uh, Absolute Zero, Novomatic, If I Love Only Once, and then we had uh, an MC, a bit of talking, and we followed that up with uh, When My Rune... Shines bright and love halation the wall with Freya. So, that was a fairly impressive set list for a a new group. That's a, a decent length concert. Actually, how long was it all up? It went. Uh, if I recall, it, yeah. Wow, the whole thing went two hours. And as far as like, but that was including the little talk show at the end, and they talked for like twenty minutes. They did talk so for ages. I, yeah, that was that was cool, but like you know, that's like not something that I had ever experienced at a concert before. So it's uh, really but, common in yeah. Japanese concerts. I mean, uh, I mean, if you take Megumi, I don't know how many times Megumi had to cry on stage and go on and on and on and on. It was almost <laughs> expected every every live. So. Uh. How I put it, but yes, yeah, so I think perf- perfor- performance time was probably I'd say a good ninety to a hundred minutes. I think. Yeah, sounds about right. Right. Yeah. And 
how do I put this? Like some sort of back and forth, uh, whether it's talking to the audience or playing games with the audience or doing something, <clears throat> is kind of expected. Uh, as a result, it feels weird when you see Western acts here sometimes because they're just on the stage, they do their things, there's minimal audience acknowledgement or participation, and that's it. Whereas over here, you know, everyone's got their glow sticks. There's always certain songs, you've got certain colors, or you go swing your towel around, or the um, the singer's talking to you. But in this case, they did talk over, like, they all talked, and then to wrap it up, it's like, all right, final impressions, everyone. It was like an overly long podcast. They just kept talking and talking. Uh, it was <laughs> it was definitely longer than the norm, in my opinion. Um, but it was a decent length oh, of concert, yeah. Yeah, we got lucky enough too because it was that this was not only the last concert; it was the second and the last concert of the evening. This is also the last concert on the um, on the tour. And one of the things that they mentioned was that this was the last time they had just uh, wrapped recording on the final episode of Delta. So um, this was the last time that they were all going to be together for a while. Um, obviously, there was an announcement that was made at the end of the show. Um, well, you can say meaning that, now. that they would get together again soon. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So, so we got lucky enough to because um, uh, uh, our friends uh, Egan and Renato um, they went to the the um, the first show, the afternoon show. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, Gwen, but did, did they make the announcement at that show too? I don't remember. But they did not. I, I, I think they no, they, they didn't. They, Egan they said didn't, they yeah, because yeah, they saved the big announcement of the Yokohama concert until the end, so that we got like the special announcement at the end. Plus, um, I'm pretty sure since uh, we also got the basically the command performance because uh, Cal Mori was there. As not only was Cal Mori there, um, but uh, Tenjin was there as well, and the almost the entire voice cast was there supporting them as well. Oh, um, yeah. up in the balcony area. So they're directly behind us, pretty much, from where oh, we're standing. Yeah. They're directly behind everyone. But... Behind. They're, ov- they're hovering over everyone in the rear, but they were directly behind us, above us. Right. And, yeah. again, this is just jumping around a bit, but when the gig finished, yeah, they were acknowledging everyone, and everyone could see them. Like, throughout the gig, people were pointing over their shoulder, and especially when the lights came on at the end, like, Kawamori's behind us. Okay, and people were waving, and Kawamori did his Royal Highness wave to everyone at the window. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, to the point that they were trying to clear people out at the end of the gig, and um, people wouldn't leave because Kawamori and Tenjin and everyone were still waving at people. Yeah, Yeah, they were waving. Go ahead, Chris, sorry. Oh, no, it was me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Adrian? (laughs) So, I believe it was Kalmori, it was Tenjin, it was the director of the show. They were actually front center. And mm-hmm. to their right was the voice actor for Hayate, voice actor for Mirage, and I believe it could have been the voice actor for Messer? No, I didn't see. There was a third voice actor that didn't really come up to the front, but I was, I'm pretty sure it was... Um, Mikamos was up front too, though. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think she was just past Mirage. But uh, um, I, yeah, I just love the way the crowd like 
you know, this is typical of Macross fans here. They all know how to put this. I guess it's kind of different to, you know, I often hear, in, for, and this is a bad example, but for American conventions and, and whatnot, right, how, you know, often the English voice actors or uh, and staff, are, you know, get a uh, bigger turnout to panels and whatnot than the Japanese do. But whereas over here, of course, you know, being Japan, people don't know who worked on English stuff, but they know who did all the Japanese side of things. But people do actually know what the production staff look like. Like, yeah. certainly it's the higher tiers, but, you know, and they're looking out for them at concerts. And we said in Kawasaki how people saw Conway's head peeking out from behind the stage. They're like, there goes God. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the other people that it was uh, Man and Megumi were there. Mm-hmm. Attending. Yeah. Also, what was kind of interesting is when you left at the end. Iendo the was there as well. Yes, that's right. Iendo. One of them put the Twitter pick up of them all together mm-hmm. in the in the uh, the staff seating upstairs. Yeah, but when well, if you got in early enough and you look at all the flowers, or when you leave and you see all the bouquets of flowers from people within the industry, I thought it was funny how the main flowers to the group was actually in universe because mm. it was yeah to Valkyrie from Cheryl. No, mm. that was really cool. That yeah. was like one of the two big one, big yeah, ones. Yeah. It was too. the huge center one, like a, in front of the big beam mm. It had the big balloons and everything on it. It was kind of neat too. just, uh, that was the, you know, like you said, everybody's noticing Cal Mori. And that was the first time, um, I've heard, I, I guess it's a common name, but they, they, cause he's always dressed up. So I heard the, heard him everywhere's like, uh, Ikemen Kantoku, which is the stylish director, <laughs> which is pretty funny. That's true. Um, that's those smoking jackets he always wears. Yeah. And, uh, and because, um, the way that the Zep is, is, um, is log is, uh, is situated. It's attached to, uh, everybody out there at home knows it's attached to the um, Diver City, which is where the Gundam is in Odaiba, well, which is basically like a, is. yes, <laughs> where it, where it's going away from soon. Mark but um, but it's basically it's basically like a huge mall. So it's like a, it's weird. It's like a concert house, live house attached to a huge mall. And so um, after the uh, show, um, uh, Chris and I and uh we met up with egan and where the the concert exits at the top level it goes out to like this food court and there's some seats there well we were just sitting there and wait wait mike uh, mike i gotta stop you, you. can we cover that at the end <laughs> um, oh okay sure yeah i mean it's like we keep veering away from the concert itself oh sure sure yeah. no worries okay well, well how's we'll the sound that. given this set list adrian what were the highlights for you uh, let me look at the set list. <laughs> well, it's pretty much like the uh, the second OST, the second album, Walkure album, hadn't dropped yet. All right, so what we talked about. Um, so what was the first one? Was uh, Love Relation in the War without Freya because she hadn't joined Valkyrie yet? Mm-hmm. Then the second one was right. Cosmic Movement, um, which was her first, which was her first appearance. So then that means when she came out. She had to introduce herself and mess up the line just like she did in the show, mm-hmm. and then everyone just cool like basically repeated it back to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah that was really cool. So mm-hmm. it was going 
at the, with it was following the same uh, song placement as the first few episodes. So, I mean, for you personally, though, were there any? Because how do I put this? The the first album had been out for a while, and I think it was really positively received. We liked most of the songs on there, except for Geletic Beginner. Um, and then, uh, and then the second album hadn't come out yet, but we heard some of the songs. But some of them we'd only heard in trailers and whatnot. So there are some songs we heard for the first time, mm-hmm. full. Yeah, yeah. Um, but was there any p- particular songs or the performance or anything? Um. So what was after Cosmic Movement? Uh, our, our Battlefield, which was one of my favorites. So what was it so favorite for you? Well, it, not necessarily this particular performance, but it's always mm-hmm. been one of my favorite songs. Well, I I like that song, mm-hmm. um, but I mostly just like the whole part where it's all Morero, Morero. <laughs> that part is when yeah. I started getting into like actually. Like um, moving to the song, you know, opposed okay. to just standing there and you know doing what everyone else was doing. I guess we could briefly mention that as well. And I, I mean, Mike, I know you've been to a few more Japanese performances at at uh, anime conventions or whatnot uh, as of late. But so you're probably more aware of this, and Chris is now as well, I guess. But how? What do you guys think of the Japanese crowd particip- audience participation as such? Because it's not so much just that everyone had glow sticks, because even at AnimeCon, you know, at AnimeCon performances, they have glow sticks as well. But the movements, everyone knows when to move, everyone knows what color, etc. Everyone knows what callback. Yeah, um, yeah, it's stuff I had, I had been, I had heard of before. People told me how, you know, they, they know what they're doing, but it was still, even with preparation, it was still um, pretty impressive. Just the synchronization, like all of a sudden, they all knew it at once uh, what color to change to. Like there was almost no stragglers. All of a sudden, the whole place would turn pink, you know. And it was, it was pretty fun, pretty interesting. Unless you got a monkey next to you jumping up and down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean the I monkey. Was I don't mean, I don't mean when the monkey on my right. I meant the monkey on my left. The guy I didn't know. It was just jumping around and just I wanted to sm- I wanted to stomp the guy basically. <laughs> um, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it was great because I well it was funny because I had a great seat. Well, I had a great viewing angle. It was standing room only. But I had a great viewing angle. Um, but about every t- – I was like, oh, yeah, I could see the stage. And then like every like minute or so, no, I can't see the stage because this dude who was probably about like uh, five foot four, for those listening at home, like – I mean he was short, short, short dude. Uh, he kept jumping up and down like for everything. That's fine. Like he was getting into the concert and stuff like that. But, yeah, it did get – annoying after but, a while and i felt bad for adrian because he kept bumping into him <laughs> yeah. but he wasn't <clears throat> the problem was he wasn't doing what everyone else was doing he was who knows what the hell he was doing but it was annoying as hell. yeah yeah i know we've yes. spoken in past podcasts about uh concerts taking the idea the idea of festival and i mean the japanese idea of a festival a matsuri not the idea of a music festival and people just really um it being a an opportunity for them to let off steam, and as such, there is a lot more jumping around uh, than I'm used to in non-Japanese performances. 
yeah. as a general rule. But uh, were there any other songs that? Uh, I mean, if I'm just gonna shoot down the list of what song-wise, mm. obviously all I was waiting for was two things, and well, before that, um, before I get into that, the way the stage was set up. Basically, it was a totally white stage, mm-hmm. and there's boxes, and there's like two or three tiers, and there was obviously a platform that went up and down, so they could have these really nice reveals, like people would come be revealed. So I think it was, um, like when, what was it, when they finally got to do Ikenai Borderline, yeah, it's basically... I think it was um, Juna basically comes out from Juna leaves the stage and the performance before you can have borderline was something else and then her when she's brought back on the stage she comes in from like from under underneath. from underneath to the third tier for like, the dramatic effect and because everything's white everything is basically um, projection mapped mm. so when you get to Axia all of Axia was the dogfighting footage and the shots of uh, Kaname singing minus any facial shots or character shots of Messer. Mm-hmm. You know, they only showed maybe if he's you know, pulling the flight stick or anything, but they actually wouldn't show Messer's face. Mm. Um, I do think they did. Sh- did they show the sp- sp- splatter? Yeah, I no, they that, did not. They, they showed the beam. Right. Remember, I remember Gwen. I remember you commented about it, Gwen, because they showed the beam and they showed it go. They showed it, you know, go into the cockpit. Then they cut. Then they cut away because I remember Gwen go, "Oh, nice cutaway." <laughs> well, uh, I remember so, they did have a part where you know the, um, it was a different one. Right? They showed the um, what was it? They had the 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 funeral plane for Mesa on the on the water mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that was for giraffe blues. Right, right. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say, you, we didn't see Messer's face, but then again, we did because there was a guy on the front left, on the front right, um, quite a bit, <laughs> yeah, quite a bit in front of us, and he'd brought a funeral portrait of Messer. So if you've ever watched a Japanese movie or heck, a, a Hong Kong revenge gangster flick. When someone dies, you get a portrait of their face, and it's in a black frame with like black ribbons on the top left and right corners. And someone had brought made a, a messer with a blown up picture of his face, um, funeral portrait, which you'd normally put into the family shrine and 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 make offerings to. And he was waving it about here and there. But when Axia hit, he was holding that thing above his head and above everyone the entire con- the entire song. He's like waving it, waving this dead man's head around. It was it was pretty. Yeah, it was great. pretty funny. And uh, I think yeah. it was double sided. You know, he kept flipping around and stuff. It was it was interesting. Yeah, but I thought that was really well done because of the projection mapping. Giraffe Blues was really good because, I mean, it's the song you always hear, and it's you know the IMO of Delta, but mm. it's you like to hear it over and over, no matter yep. how many times. But it's good. Ouch. <laughs> But for me, <laughs> me personally, the best thing was was it uh, Onyanyoko Girl? That oh yeah, was the best <laughs> stage performance. <laughs> 
they approached it and they choreographed it like a perfume um, mm. uh, performance. And the projection mapping was just, just really, really cool. Like patterns, and it was all pink and hearts and all this stuff. And Nozomi, it was, it was very much, it was very, it was very much similar to the performance of Onya Yoko Girl in, uh, uh, and on the series with you know, aside from from her like leaping out you know of the screen, <laughs> but like all the background and stuff that you see like on the show, like it was very, it it, it was very very similar, if not. Uh, maybe it was the same. I don't know. I, I can't remember at this well, point. But it, just it was like it had that feel. Yeah, it brought it to life. But because they went with like a perfume kind of thing for it, it really made that song stick out. Like, yeah, because you hear a lot when you're in. Well, you don't hear it so much now. But when perfume is pretty much the big thing, you always hear the perfume songs. Mm. And it her performance was really great. The way she uh, was on stage was really great, and she had both uh, Kaime and uh, Reina in mm. the background. Uh, I think on the right and left of her, right, basically as kind of background dancing, but not really dancing. And um, yeah, they were. That was more than any other song, one where they were kind of singing and dancing in character. Yeah. Uh, the others were like, well, they were in character, especially Minoru Suzuki, but it wasn't explicitly stated. Like, yeah. I remember the first Frontier gig I went to, Megumi and Maine referred to each other as Cheryl and Ranka mm-hmm. and were in character all the way through to the encore, in which case they slipped character so they could tell everyone, yes, the pianist behind us is actually Yoko Kano. Um, but this time around, it wasn't really... They weren't specifically referring to each other by character names, but in that song, the way they were moving and dancing and performing, um, I think it was definitely a Machina Arena uh, performance. Well, Gwen, I, to, to that, to that though, um, I will say, like, that is the... You t- kind of touched on it earlier, but I just kind of want to make sure everybody knows, like, the way that the concert started, like, that whole, that whole first set list before they did their encore, so even though I'm... They didn't specifically say they were in character, but their voices were in character. Hmm. So, like, you know, uh, uh, um, Toyama now was like she didn't speak like her; she spoke like Reina. You know, like uh, it was all they were all uh, like Nozomi Nishida. She was very Makina. Like they were all in character, obviously except for Juna, who doesn't do the character voice. Hmm. But um, it was funny because I even noticed that is before they did the encore. She didn't talk much. She would just sing. Um, she would say like a few things here and there, but it was the rest of the four of them that handled most of the speaking, and they were in character. Like you know, Minori was Freya. Like they were all. It was like there was. It was very clear that this was Valkyrie singing, and it wasn't until they left and then we got the encore when they came back that we they did the little talk show that we talked about. Um, then they introduced themselves as themselves. So it was cool because it was like it was like a you know it was like two performances in one like you got the the Volcute performance and then you got the like the real them the real selves like performance which was cool so they broke that they broke the fourth wall as they say in, in the acting business and like yeah then it was more of a okay this is really us now type thing so that was kind of cool like I did I did appreciate that 
and um yeah the production of the show was was fantastic so yeah that was but that was that was just really cool the the there was that dichotomy there it was very clear to me so it was uh, something i enjoyed a lot well uh onyanno uh, i always get the name of that song onyanoko i always say onyanko after the um, yeah Adrian you've taken the wind out of my sails completely there because that was yeah, definitely one of my standouts as well uh, I didn't know how well it would go off live with the auto tuning stuff to it it was just done unbelievably well but um, since I've kind of been deflated here I mean Chris do you want to hear us with any of, of your favorite songs from this set list yeah um, I mean that was a that definitely was a highlight um, and Nothing, nothing was disappointing to me. Um, but probably the highlights would have been um, draft blues. I really liked how they did it with uh, they did three uh, three of them uh, came out uh, individually. You know what was it? Was it Minori was first or was it uh, Juna? That's I can't remember. That's what I was thinking. Um, Af. I had it reversed. After Axia, um, voice actress for Kaname left the stage. For yeah. Draft Blues, it was everyone else singing. And in the anime... No, no. No, remember, no because anime, it wasn't... Kaname joins joins halfway through. Walks in the water. Walks yeah, in the water. But, and but, they brought her up <clears throat> on the um, on the lift right. to join. Yeah, but they all... But they, they they left out Machina and Reina though. Yeah, because, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, they weren't in it at all. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the same in the show. They stood off to the side. Yeah, where it was only Freya, and um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so yeah, Kaname came in at the end on the uh, on the lift, which was really cool. Um, yeah, good good for dramatic effect. Um, and uh, so yeah, that was that was great. Um, and then, uh, what's the, what's his, uh, birthday song that Freya does? It's literally um, called birthday song. It, is that called, or I thought that's, I don't mean happy birthday. Okay. I mean the one when she's laying in the snow Oh, in that episode. Yeah. And then, and they, and then when she was singing it at the concert, then, uh, uh, they actually had snow falling from the ceiling. That was pretty cool. Um, so I really like those. Oh, uh, Mike, I, I think Adrian's probably stolen your favorite song of the gig. <laughs> he did, but that's okay. Uh, oh, I, I, I I, I'm just put in words what Mike can describe. <laughs> <laughs> I am you, just glad you fly to the Valkyries. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just glad that every it was everybody else's favorite too. I mean, that was, you know, I mean, I've I've been preaching. I know I'm preaching to the choir somewhat, but like I've I've been preaching the, uh, I've been worshiping worshiping at the altar of Machina, you know, since the very beginning. So uh, I'm just glad everybody's finally on board. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I did I do agree that that was probably um, one of the better pieces uh, from the whole concert, but. Um, I really, uh, you know, I enjoyed it just for, just because of the whole experience of it all was really, really cool. But, um, yeah, that, the, aside from, 
Onya Noko girl. Um, I really did like Giraffe Blues as well. The part with the snow was really cool. It was a nice touch. Um, and and of course Axia. I think that was that was just really well done. What did you think of the crowd's reaction to that song? Because there were a lot of like people yelling out Mesa, right? Oh, right, yeah, of course. Um, it wasn't, wasn't that what we got to... Oh, <laughs> I guess we at the end, too, I know we're jumping around, but uh, um, when, they, when they did the crowd participation, that was... Um, God, I, I, can't, I can't remember her name now. The Konami voice actress. Um, but uh, that yes, was her... Yeah, I remember they had every. Yeah, I remember uh, each each character uh, was like uh, each actress was like, okay, yell this, you know, like to support me or whatever, and that was her her yell. She's like, okay, on the count of three, everybody yell, Messer, and like the whole crowd was just like Messer. Yeah, it was awesome. It was just like the whole. It was like uh, episode ten all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um. Which is, I mean, it was great, but uh, I think that those are the big standouts. And um, I did like, uh, uh, I actually, I just just for the the clapping and the sing along and stuff. I actually like when my room sparkles, yeah. uh, just because it was. Yeah, that that's was just great. a real fun song. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like everybody got to clap and and all that stuff. So that was just fun, just to because you know you got to participate and stuff like that, but. You can always tell uh, yeah. uh, when these songs are written with crowd participation in mind, because you know you're like, "What are all these whoa whoa bits?" And then you stick two and a half thousand people in a room, and you realize why they include that in the song. What? Yeah, well, I think Adrian had noticed that back in March because um, there that was one of the songs that was one of the two songs that Minori sang mm-hmm. at the. Uh, at the uh, the episode pr- premiere gig, mm-hmm. and Adrian, she had the she was doing already doing the choreography for that song, and Adrian goes, yeah, he goes, I could tell like that song's got choreography, and he even pointed out, he goes, look at the like the whoa whoa stuff, like that's all like set up for you know, like the the audience participation and all that stuff. I remember Adrian had pointed that out. He's like, yeah, he goes, that's that's she's already got the whole number down, so. Because I wouldn't be surprised if they do like some major like choreography to this stuff later, and sure enough, they did, which is cool. Well, I have to say, well, as I did say, Adrian kind of uh, stole everyone's best song, um, favorite song. <laughs> but uh, look, I thought "Well Cure Attack" was pretty good to finally hear live because oh yeah, when I first heard that song in the show, it didn't leave the most positive impression on me but when I started listening to it on the album I started appreciating it for the barely controlled chaos that that song is like the first listen it just is crazy and then when you get into the choruses it's just like oh no this all ties together well in these two points in the song and the rest sounds like controlled chaos and having that done live was really cool Uh, I really liked hearing that and uh Hametsu no Junjo, like Destruction of Innocence. Um, Junna, again. I mean, that and and Ikenai Borderline were her two real solo standouts. And 
yeah, I'd heard Ikenai Borderline once or twice before, so getting to hear this as well was was really good. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's on the point out is each 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 character had their signature song, mm-hmm. so all five of them. Got, I mean, outside of Minori, obviously, but like uh, like each character, they all got their own little chance to shine. Like obviously, like uh, um, Toyama now, uh, she even got she got Silent Hacker. And they did that, and that was like. Then everything turned green, and that was cool too. Like, you know, I'm not. That's not probably like one of my favorite songs, but she still got her own like little, like solo thing, which is cool. Like the, it was like a real, like you know, I've seen AKB stuff, you know, online and stuff like that, and it's just very much like an idol group con- like concert, like, like uh, they they all got their little you know chance to shine and do their solo thing, which is cool. And she was unbelievably cute. Like, I thought uh, she kind of stole the show in terms of just character performance, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, which is funny, because when you think of expressive characters that leave an impression, Raina is not what, what comes to mind. But Exactly. <laughs> but now Toyama did it. Like, she was just really cute. There's this picture online of, um, I think it's Nishida holding up her hair for some reason. Yeah, <clears throat> was stroking her hair. Something like that, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was at one point, yeah. wasn't there, was it in the talk show as well, like where uh, they all had to line up and Re- uh, Reina and Makina weren't together. Mm. One of them was next to Kaname and everyone's like, wait a minute, you're splitting up the pair and then they got all flustered and shifted spots in the line so they were next to each other. Um, but yeah, so that would be, be my standouts for the songs, definitely. Uh, but coming out of the concert, then, if we'll, we'll get into what Mike was mentioning previously, and I'm throwing this over to you, Mike and Chris, because this is all on you guys, because I sure as heck wasn't looking at faces in the crowd. But uh, tell us about what happened after the gig. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Oh, uh, well, um, Chris, you caught the big one, but I will say, like, um, so, so earlier I was saying how that... Uh, um, the uh, Zep Diver City is attached to the rest of this mall type thing, and on the top level, like as you exit the the concert venue, it goes right out into the food court, and there's like tables there that you could sit down at. And so um, we met Chris and I met up with Egan, and we were waiting for um, Adrian and Gwen to come out. And as we're sitting there, that was basically like the way out. So you wouldn't have to, because people would walk through the food court and walk through the mall. And I guess that's just so they wouldn't run into fans or whatever. But we're sitting there, and as we're sitting there, there comes Yuma Uchida and Asami Seto, which is basically, it's a, it's a, a, a Mirage, Mirage and Hayate. Yeah, it was Mirage and Hayate. They just walk right past us. Which is cool. I mean, I was just like, oh, wow, okay, there they go. And, like, several people did that. Like, um, you know, but then, Chris, you saw the big one uh, at, at the end. Like, you're like, hey, <laughs> I didn't, I missed that. That was kind of cool. I'll let well, you, yeah, I was you like. You Thomas Romain? Yeah, Thomas Romain, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I caught him, too, and you, you, guys didn't, you guys didn't see a six-foot, you know, five Frenchman. I had to point him out. Well, he was actually um, in the autographs. <laughs> oh, yeah, the small crowd around him, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I had kind of saw, like, 
moving towards the mall, I, I saw I thought I saw Maine. I'm like, oh, I think I saw Maine go in the mall. And then she didn't and it came out and like, oh, yeah, there's Maine. And you guys are like, what? <laughs> like Maine. And then like, oh, and then she like she walks right by us. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was really interesting how because how I put it, these gigs often, you know, the the performers and the, the crew and whatnot come out, you know, back entrance or back exit. Uh, and, you know, clever fans who do their homework know where to wait to get a glimpse of them, but to have them just strolling through the mall, it's just kind of like, whoa, okay. Um, of course, the actual Girls of Wild Curio themselves, there was a picture one of them put up online afterwards because it took so long for them to clear the crowd out because everyone was waving to Carl Mori for like a good 15 minutes at least. Uh, but when they did, all the the guests must have come down onto the ground floor from the second floor because there's a picture of all the Wild girls with, I think it was with Kyle Mori, um, uh, literally right where we were standing not 20 minutes earlier, probably. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, as I mentioned before, there was uh, a few pictures that were taken up in the, um, the, the staff and, and relatives um, section. With uh, there was like Maine and Megumi and and Ayendo, which was just great to see them together again. Yeah, it's definitely cool. But uh, yeah, so I think we've covered the most of it, guys. Of course, the big reveal at the end was that there's going to be uh, a concert in Yokohama as well, uh, which is going to be there's actually going to be two concerts. Uh, at the end of January, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Uh, which I want to point out. Yeah, I want to point out that uh, once once they made that announcement, uh, both you and Adrian like uh, turned uh, back and looked at Mike and I, like with the eyes of you. You're coming, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. no. <laughs> I'd love to, but <laughs> can't yeah. can't do it. Well, I don't know what this Yokohama gig is going to involve, but being a bigger venue um, and the girls having had more time to practice and get used to things, I'm hoping they go for a live band this time. I mean, my theory yeah. is that if, and this is all pure speculation coming from me, this is not, this is no insider knowledge or anything like that. But from past experience, especially with, for example, the Frontier concerts and the final one at the Budokan, it is the secondary, the second larger one at the bigger venue that if they're going to release one on Blu-ray they will release on Blu-ray so hopefully they'll do a Blu-ray out of it we, we don't know yet hopefully we'll have you know a backing band and not pre-recorded BGM this time uh, but for those who are interested in, in this concert you know a certain amount of it will be put on volume 9 of the Macross Delta Blu-ray a small selection of clips maybe a handful of songs I don't, we don't know it's just been announced that there will be a, a music selection. Uh, so it's not the whole concert, but some of it will make it onto Blu-ray, which will be will be good. We can check it and see how much our memories uh, line up with the footage of the actual thing. But, uh, all right, look, final thoughts and impressions. Um, we forgot about the trash bags. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um... Let me just lead into this. I won't actually talk about that, but um, <laughs> from the Frontier Boom and going to all these concerts and then the stuff that has been put on Blu-ray or DVD, I've always been vocal to say, like, I don't understand how 
people get so behind Maine. And like, she's such a great dancer. She's such this and this, and she's amazing. And it's her background dancers that are amazing. And she's just kind of in the middle, trying to shake what she's got. But there's not much shake. I mean, she's, I've said it before. She doesn't have Megumi's thighs. But <laughs> in this time, when because it was uh, was it Ekai Borderline? What was the song that can't? No, because oh, that's what we skipped. The reason it leads into the bar is because Heinz's uh, <laughs> song is playing. Yep. And, yeah, they put Heinz up on the big screen. Yeah, so they show animation yeah, footage. And- of Heinz singing and the songs going, and then the VAR dancers come out. <laughs> Take it away, boys. <laughs> oh, what I'm saying, what I wanted to say was those VAR dancers in trash bags are still the main dancing. <laughs> Ouch. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So you guys may elaborate. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they came out running around, kind of like ghost-like, I think, or with uh, with those trash bags on. Um, and they kept those on for what another another song, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was the black trash bags. Yeah. And so, like, so of course, Heinz Heinz's song meant that, like supposedly the audience we got we got infected because it triggered var syndrome and everybody right mm-hmm. and so then like Valkyrie had to come out and save us and do their var vaccination live con you know thing right so yeah so that lasted for the whole song but then the song after they cured everybody right so then it went from black trash bags to white trash bags <laughs> No, it wasn't white trash bags. They just took off the trash bags and they had white like tube tops on and shorts. Oh, okay. All right. But the <laughs> I mean, they literally it either the... look like a cross between trash bags or what Bruce Willis wore in uh Unbreakable when he went to go oh. save people. <laughs> wow. No, they're definitely trash bags. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were budget. It was really odd. I mean, I've seen some odd stuff in some anime gigs before, but that was pretty up there. Yeah. Please, the please that? God, please God, I hope they put that on the, the some of that. That's the concert <laughs> footage they put on the on the DVD. That would be amazing. What if it's the only <laughs> footage they put on the D- on the Blu-ray, Mike? Oh, it must be worth it, actually. <laughs> what was the song that cured the var, anyways? Uh, Boy, I don't know. It would have been Ikenai Borderline, I think, going by the yeah. service. No, no. Because no. they came on, so they had Giraffe Blues, then you had the Heinz footage and the song. Or was it? it Ikenai Borderline and Wakure Attack. Okay. Alright. So it'd be one or the other. But, alright. Uh, so, yeah. Final impressions. Um, Mike, do you want to hit us up first? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean,. You know, for, like the whole experience is just great. Um, like uh, you touched on it earlier, um, I didn't really get to jump in, but the the whole um, Inca 
thing where like the whole audience like giving their the you know either the hands or the light sticks and all that like that's 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 come over to the u.s scene now so like whenever like a japanese act performs at like a convention in the united states like the american audience is caught on mm. um but definitely the japanese audience is definitely they're pros at it right so um there's always a little bit more enthusiasm there and more more um I guess they're more in sync, you know, like everybody's doing it like in time and all that stuff. So, uh, but that's cause you know, they're pros. Um, but yeah, it was really, really cool to see like just the whole, like, uh, like, uh, Chris had touched on it earlier. Like when the lights, everybody's lights change, like almost simultaneously, that's a really cool like effect too. Cause it adds to the experience. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, I just, I had a great time. Um, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't, I hadn't even thought about it, but when they were doing it to the background music, uh, I was just like, oh, well, it kind of makes sense just because everything's so choreographed. But just because you're due to the background music, a lot of times here in the States, if you have like an act that does a lot of dancing, especially boy bands and stuff like that, they're lip syncing. And, uh, you know, definitely want to make that clear that they were not lip syncing. It was their voices. They were singing. That's that's why I had made that point uh, about the mall performance the day before is, I mean, these are talented, talented individuals, you know, um, like, and they're, they're legit. It was, I mean, imagine the casting. I mean, I know that, that uh, some of them are actually established voice actors, but they had to be able to sing as well. And so um, they are, uh, they are all legit um, perf- uh, artists and singers, and that was really uh, that was really great. So to hear them live, especially Juna, as we, we talked about earlier, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just had a great time. It was a fantastic show, and uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be able to compare it to the Yokohama version. Um, is this a but, hint uh, of we'll, things to come? Are we getting Mike the theatrical edition, uh, the movie? What? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, we'll, we'll see. That that depends on that depends on my good friends uh, Adrian and Gwen and their ability to score tickets. <laughs> but um, I was it was it was awesome. It was just something, and because you know of the involvement that I have on the series now, just that. It 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 means it means more, you know what I mean? Like it's just it it means more to like bring all that together and just to see it. It just really felt, I don't know, it kind of felt like a putting a bow on things. So it was um it was really nice. I enjoyed it. Chris, I really really enjoyed the show. Um, I think not too much to add to what Mike said. Um, you know, as we said earlier, I spent a good deal of money for the ticket. And at the time I was feeling a little squeamish about it, but after the, after the show, definitely no regrets. Um, it was money well worth spent. Um, and, uh, it was, it was just really nice to get a different type of concert that I don't get, you know, in the U S very different style. Um, you know, more, you know, audience interaction and, uh, just, more theatrical and that was that was great um 
yeah, I don't know what else to add, but well, so you you're not going to try to do the Yokohama one? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see that one happening this time. Um, You've gotten your, uh, but, your your vaccine from the from the virus. Well, you're good. Well, I mean, I I anticipate there will be another another chance eventually. Mm. He's you know in a year or something. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. probably immune. He's immune to it now. So. <laughs> he'll, he'll show up sometime <laughs> later. And secure exactly. his tree onto a planet. Okay, um, so Adrian, we've talked about. Uh, so uh, many... Oh yeah, what's up, Mike? One more thing, yeah. So I did want to mention that because uh, when I was talking to Chris um, about the concert beforehand, we were just chatting um, on Facebook Messenger, and uh, I was like, "Hey, dude, you should really go." And it's <laughs> something that I had uh, I had thought about was that I was like, you know, this isn't like um, like a Fukuyama or something else. Uh, like, or like, a, like another, like a main or a Megumi, where they actually have singing careers. Like, like you know, three of them are just voice actresses that are just going to keep voice acting. I don't know that they're going to do anything musical beyond this. So, aside from any kind of maybe anniversary or Macross performance, that was another reason. Like, uh, I had a lot of friends that were like, "Dude, you're crazy!" Because basically, I went to Tokyo for five days. It was a turnaround trip, and I came back. And I have friends that, you know, at home that were like, dude, you're crazy. You just go over there for like this concert. And I mean, at the time, we didn't know about the Yokohama thing, but I was like, this is probably going to be the only chance I'll ever get to see this group live because they're not a real group. You know what I mean? So I was like, uh, it's, it, you know, to me, it, it was like a once. Uh, you know, I was going to be a once in a lifetime opportunity. If I get to see him in Yokohama, I'll count myself lucky. But I still think that, like, I don't think that you'll see them as a group together very often, if at all. Like after this whole promotion of Delta is over, um, you know, if if you know everybody keeps talking about a movie, I, you know, that's all that. So if we get that, maybe we'll get one or two more concerts. But. Um, other than that, like that was the that was the big reason that I went as well, and so I'm I'm glad Chris got a chance to go too because, like I said, I don't think it's going to be a very common thing. So to be able to say, "Hey, I was there, I saw it," is really really cool. I want to add that uh, Mike was, uh, what he was also telling me, he's like, "Yeah, if you don't go, just fair warning. After the concert, I'll be talking about how great it was." Non-stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and that, that. That was a nice little push. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah, Adrian. I know we've been to a lot of concerts over the years. How did uh, Well Cure stack up? Um, they did really well mm-hmm. um, because this time it was a idol concert for uh, Macross Live. Um, which they haven't done yet. As far as on stage, everyone's usually had their own individual stage presence or there is a duet. Or, obviously, at the bigger shows that Crossover Live, they all usually do one big thing all together at the end. Um, but as far as an idol group, this was the first time. That was great. Um, one of the things... Uh, Mike was getting into earlier the the thing about the messages kind of like 
the acknowledgement of how they got pulled into everything, where where it was Juna, mm-hmm. and, um, and I believe that uh, Juna was even kind of explaining how she originally wanted to turn the part down, even though she won. Yeah, if I remember, she did mention something like that. Again, we're going back a couple of months, yeah. but... Uh, and that they convinced her to, um, you know, to, to do it, mm-hmm. and she she has no regrets that she stayed in, but there was that chance that she almost didn't, right. even after she won it. Because unlike, you know, uh, Minori Suzuki, who loved Frontier growing up and went for an audition... Um, you know, Juno had already started her singing career to some degree, you know, like minor, but she'd already started. And I guess, look, there's always that fear with getting into making a big break via anime of you know, if you want to do stuff other than anime, being able to, to break out of that. I mean, if you look at Maine, immediately post Macross Frontier, she tried to go solo in a non anime way. And I thought things kind of fizzled after that first album, but when she started doing a bunch of anime theme songs, started going to all the anime music festivals, then she got this resurgence. Mm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, if if well, she took the jump, and I, I'm sure that you know the show benefited for it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing, one of the songs, I don't remember which one it was. Uh, Minori came out with a with her rune that actually lit up in her hair. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, I think that was for uh, my, when my rune sparkles at the end there. Yeah, that's right. And, but overall, it was—I thought it was a great show. I had no complaints. It was, um, it was sold out, and it was a lot of fun, minus the monkey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Yokohama, mm. just, just to see what other stuff they do, because if you look back at the Frontier ones, they might start incorporating the BGM stuff, like actually performing um, you know, the music. If they have a, con- if they have yeah. a full band. Yeah. yeah, which that's what they didn't have. It was just them on stage, and that's how the Frontier ones were at first, and then they started bringing in like a full band to play everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that's what the main difference is going to be, aside from a little bit upper scale. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see, you know, how they perform and, and how the songs can potentially change. And also, you know, being in a post-Delta environment, being the first major Macross event since Delta finished, I'm curious to see what the crowd is like. I mean, I'm sure we'll still get the uh, the Idol fans who came on board with Delta. But after that, whether they'll stick around or not. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, those those messages at the end were really emotional because uh, I think I, I touched on earlier, like, that they had finished, they had wrapped on the voice recording, like, earlier that week. And so then this was, like, basically the last time that they were going to be together for a while. And so they were, um, like, all their little messages at the end we're basically like, oh, this is what I'm doing next, so please support me. Right. And it was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. So it's like, um, you know, and then uh, I remember, like, Minori, like, 
like that they that got me and you know like my japanese sucks uh, but like she was just talking about how everybody was like so supportive because it's basically like her first like big thing right her big break and i remember her saying specifically that um how yasuno was like like supporting her and but she was like everybody like it's it, so it, it was weird because i remember thinking oh wow like not only does Konami play like the big sister in the anime but like that spilled over into the whole into the real into the real lives too like she ended up becoming like the big sister and like you know supporting her and all that stuff so that was like that was really cool you know yeah. just to to hear that you know that was uh the, those uh, those messages at the end were really like a really good, put a, a personal touch on it which was really cool mm. Yeah, I uh, I think the fact that we've all been referring to the girls by character names, granted there are more characters and therefore more voice actress and singer names to memorize, but the fact that we've been referring them all by, referring to them all by character names probably speaks to how well they manage to get into character and stay in character because even with the frontier lives we don't talk about uh Ranker and Cheryl, we talk about Main and Megumi, you know. Oh, I'll make sure to stop doing that for now, Toyama. Oh, man. Uh, who? Reina who? Because <laughs> she, she don't look anything like Reina. This is true. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean... Except true. now is the smallest of them, just like Reina. That, that, that is true. <laughs> but, but as a gig, I was, as I mentioned in the opening, a little disappointed by the lack of a live band, but uh, now that we've got the Yokohama gig. Like I was disappointed during the concert, but the fact that it ended with the announcement of another gig with potentially a, a live band completely negated that negative aspect, which is a double negative, I guess, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I got over it, long and short of it. Uh, and coming out, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, they had a bunch of, you know, they had some figures on display and some, some chalkwalking on display. And uh, as a concert, look, I'm looking forward to seeing how the what the legacy of Delta is on the music of Macross when it comes to live performances moving forward because it's such as Mike mentioned a difficult ensemble to get together. Yeah. I think that um, it'll be interesting how 2017 goes as far as the American con scene because they're you know they're really trying to bring in anime uh, any song stuff and more than just DJs but live bands I wonder if like AX or Otakon or any of the big cons or any con that you know uh, PMX if they're going to try to bring in like Valkyrie hmm. well, expense would be pretty up there wouldn't it expense as long as it doesn't really matter because I mean they got Yokokano and they don't need Yokokano this time and that, mm-hmm. that was Mei Megumi of course it won't be branded the trick would be it won't be called Valkyrie Live Mm. Um, well you could call it Valkyrie Live don't really know I doubt (laughs) it I mean I don't think they'd test those waters Mm. but um, they could just call it a vaccine live right yeah and then just make everyone who comes dress in black garbage bags yeah I'd I'd go (laughs) because I know Anime Expo did do a survey of uh, what you'd like so a lot of people were rallying Macross fans on the internet to have Valkyrie 
being brought over. Wow. Whether that happens or not, no idea. Well, uh, look, it's getting late, guys, or, or well, later in one sense or the other for all of us. Um, Chris, can people find you anywhere? Facebook. All right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm occasionally on Macross Fans US, or, you know, that's about it. Okay. Mike? Uh, yeah, as always, you can find me on Twitter, um, at Mike in Redlands. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to be on a, on another cast. So thanks for having me. And it was, uh, it, <clears throat> long overdue, but I'm glad we finally get a chance to give our thoughts on the concert. Being a Sunday night, it almost feels like old times. Exactly. Adrian. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at giant robo. I'm actually starting to get more active on tweeting again. And you can find me on this podcast and that's it for now. And as usual, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Gwyn Campbell, capital G, capital C. Uh, I'm also, of course, uh, on theculture which is our website oh. for the podcast, and uh, floating around Facebook. And uh, moving forward, hopefully, uh, this will be the last podcast for a while. You'll be hearing me with a busted up voice. But um, we have a lot of uh, podcasts in the works for the future, a couple in the can already. So I realize there's been a considerable break um, since we've gotten these last few out uh, post-Delta. Of course, everyone's been uh, pretty busy getting those uh, Blu-rays out. But as that starts to wind down, we'll be ramping the, well, winding the podcast up again. And uh, hopefully anyone listening will, uh, will stick around because we think there's some great stuff in store in 2017 so on that note this is the speaker podcast thoroughly thoroughly vaccinated folding up Sinjiru mo no tsubete ta kishibete